I remember when the Me Too movement first came out about a year ago. I heard about it because a priest sent me an email telling me about all the women that had come forward saying how they'd been hurt. And he, he put a little link to it for me to follow, and he said something underneath the email that I'd never forgotten. He said, Pray that they all receive justice, but pray even more that resentment doesn't take hold of their hearts. And his words really hit me because for the first time I realized there's a greater evil than what people or life can do to us from the outside. It's the evil that can destroy our own hearts from within when they become contaminated with bitterness and resentment. You know, one of the most fascinating things about David, we see it in the first reading today, is that he never allowed his heart to become embittered against King Saul. His whole life, David was a faithful servant to the king. He never betrayed him, never did anything wrong. And out of sheer envy and jealousy, King Saul tried to kill him and banish him and get him completely out of the kingdom. And yet, even when King David had the chance to take vengeance, as we saw in the first reading, he refused to do it, saying that, I will not put my hands on the Lord's anointed. In other words, it's in, the, it's in God's hands, not mine. And to the very end of his life, he had never allowed his heart to become embittered against the king. I think that's why in the gospel, Jesus exhorts us to be merciful, not merely so much for the benefit of others, but more than anything else, for our own protection. Resentment, as they say, is like drinking poison every single day and waiting for the other person to die. It only kills our own hearts. One of my favorite movies, I saw it a couple years ago, it's called Wind River. Has anyone seen it? It's a really powerful film. Um, And at one point it takes place on a reservation and there's a crime committed there. But you see one young man who's just suffered so much in his life. And he's talking to another older man who has also gone through his fair share of suffering. And the young man says to him, you know, sometimes I get so mad. I want to fight the whole world. You got any idea what that feels like? And the other man responds to him, I do. But I decided to fight the feeling instead because I figured the world would win. Mercy is about fighting the feeling of resentment that attacks all of us. And it's a choice. A choice not to allow the evil that is always at work in the world, corrupting our lives, our country, our church, our families, our relationships, never allowing that evil to corrupt our own hearts. And that's a choice. And the most powerful weapon that we have to protect ourselves against resentment is the virtue of gratitude. To recognize all the things that I have truly to be thankful for in life. And I got a call this past week. I was really happy because I didn't answer it. I was praying about what I should talk about this week. 
And this person, this woman I've known for a long time called me and she left a message on my phone. So I get to kind of almost read it verbatim. Um, she'd suffered very much. Her father left her when she was very young, destroyed her whole family. She never got married after that because uh, she had a deep distrust for men and didn't believe that there was any lasting love. And so through much of her life, she's held this deep resentment. And she called me, she said, she just had the deepest revelation because she met another young woman who had suffered so much more than she ever did. This is what she said. All of a sudden, I realized how much I actually have to be grateful for. Blessings from God that my anger for so many years had blinded me to. And the more things I became grateful for in my life, the more my resentment began to fade away. And then I began looking at my life in a different way. I even saw that the things that had once made me suffer in life actually helped me to become who I am today for good. Not in spite of it, but because of it. I was filled with the sense of gratitude and joy. And for the first time in a long time, my anger was gone. Just as resentment causes us to drink poison and to paint the world black around us, so the immediate effect of gratitude in our lives is that it illuminates everything. Instead of feeling anger and hatred, I can actually feel joy and peace and even surrender. Like King David, I can say, my suffering is anointed by the Lord. My whole life is touched by God. And then I can be merciful. If I'm thankful for what I got, it's okay. I don't have to be resentful about the things that I've lost in my life. So I'm free to smile. I can hope. I can love. And maybe it sounds fanciful, even childish. Maybe it is. But maybe that's why Christ told us, unless you become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Where is the kingdom of heaven? It's in our own hearts. That's where it begins. We live our life out of our heart. It paints everything that we see in life and perceive. And if my heart is filled with gratitude... I can see everything in my life is anointed by God, is touched by His providence. Then the whole world becomes filled with a marvelous light, filled with God's glory. In this past week, I've seen more death than I've ever seen as a priest before in such a short amount of time. I was by four deathbeds in one week. And one thing I've noticed is that people who are close to death see life in a whole different light. It reminded me of a story I once read about. There was a young man reflecting on his older brother's death. His older brother was, his entire life was transformed when he discovered he was about to die, that he only had months to live. You know, in his youth, this young man was very cynical and bitter against life, against the czar. He was from Russia, so the king was very oppressive. He was disappointed constantly with his family. He ridiculed God and Holy Mass. But then after he was diagnosed with an incurable illness, 
You know, at first he only became more cynical and bitter. Life is pure suffering. There's nothing to hope for. But then one day he decided to go to church again after many years. And he never told anybody what happened to him there. But when he came out, he came out with a new vision of life. A vision of God's glory. I'd like to read the story to you. It's, it's told by his little brother who was watching him from a distance and seeing the change that had come from him after being so angry and cynical to an overflowing joy and love that he'd never seen before in anyone. He said, My brother who was so hasty and irritable of temperament, who always criticized life and God, suddenly seemed transformed as he lay in his bed. Mother would go to her room and weep, but when she went in into him, she wiped her eyes and she tried to look cheerful. Mother, don't weep, darling, he would say. I've longed to live, longed to rejoice with you, and life is glad and joyful. She just shook her head. Ah, oh, dear boy, how can you talk of joy when you lie feverish at night, coughing as though you would tear yourself to pieces? Don't cry, mother, he would answer, for life is paradise, and we are all in paradise, but we won't see it. If we would, we should have heaven on earth the next day. Everyone wondered at his words. He spoke so strangely and positively. We were all touched and wept. His friends came to see us. Dear ones, he would say to them, What have I done that you should love me so? How can you love anyone like me? And how was it that I did not know? I did not appreciate your love before. When the servants came in to help him, he would say, Dear kind people, why are you doing so much for me? Do I deserve to be waited on? If it were God's will for me to live, I would wait upon you, for all men should wait upon one another. Mother shook her head as she listened. As she listened. My darling, it's your illness that makes you talk like that. He only smiled. Mother, my joy, believe me. Everyone is really responsible for all men, for all men and for everything. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel it so painfully. And how is it we went on then living, getting angry and not realizing it all along? So he would get up every day more and more sweet and joyous and full of love. When the doctor came, he told him, you'll live many days yet. My brother only smiled and responded, Why reckon the days? One day is enough for a man to know all happiness. My dear ones, why do we quarrel? Try to outshine each other and keep grudges against each other. Let's go straight into the garden. Walk and play their love, appreciate, and glorify life as if we'd never lived before. The doctor told his, my mother, your son cannot last long. The disease must be affecting his brain. For everybody thought that he was going crazy for saying such things. The window in his room looked out into the garden. The first birds of spring were singing in the branches. Admiring them, he began begging their forgiveness too. Birds of heaven, forgive me, for I have sinned against you too. None of us could understand at that time, but he shed tears of joy. 
Yes, he said, and this is the line. There was such a glory of God all about me throughout my life. The birds, the trees, the meadows, the sky. Only I lived in shame and dishonored it all and did not notice the beauty and glory. He died a few days later, a smile on his face. So the story ended. Just as a heart corrupted by resentment paints the world black and hopeless, so a heart filled with gratitude is a heart that is always open to see the beauty and the glory that always surrounds us in our life, in our families, in our church, and even in our sufferings. A grateful heart could look at all things at all times and say, there was such a glory of God all about me. All of my life has been anointed by God. May we all be blessed with such a vision.